Welcome to Transformed by Grace, an in-depth Bible study of God's Word, presented by the Berean Bible Society. Join us each time on this station as Pastor Kevin brings the transforming message of God's grace revealed through the Holy Scriptures. time in God's Word, we're going to be doing a survey of all the dispensations of God throughout history and found within God's Word. On the night of October 3rd, 1998, a snake-handling evangelist named John Wayne Brown Jr. was bitten by one of his own rattlesnakes in the middle of his sermon. Though Reverend Brown continued to speak to the people of Rock House Holiness Church, he soon collapsed on stage. The congregation gathered around him praying and trying to cool him with an electric fan, but Brown was dead within minutes. Brown, age 34, was known throughout southeastern Appalachia as having handled snakes since he was 17. He was also known for having survived 22 previous bites. Reverend Brown left behind him five orphan children. His wife, Melinda, died from a snake bite during a revival service in 1995. One pastor who was on stage with Brown the night of his death said he didn't think the tragedy would phase the church members and asserted that the church would not change its practices, stating this, I think they will be more careful about handling serpents. I think they will wait until the Lord moves on them. A lot of people don't understand us, he offered. We are just normal people, and we believe God's word. Mark 16, verses 17 and 18 read, And these signs shall follow them that believe. They shall take up serpents, and if they drink any deadly thing, it shall not hurt them. Luke 10, verse 19 says, Behold, I give unto you power to tread on serpents and scorpions, and nothing shall by any means hurt you. People who sincerely believe God's word can be sincerely wrong in their interpretation and application of it. What we believe affects how we behave, and thus the reason our ministry stresses the right division of God's Word is so that in knowing what God is doing today and what is written directly to us today, we will be able to rightly apply it to our lives. In doing so, it will bring blessing and joy to our lives as we live according to God's direct will for us under grace and by the promises and instruction He has for us for the church, the body of Christ. Understanding the Bible dispensationally is key to its correct interpretation and application and knowing what God is doing today. Ephesians chapter 3 verse 2 says, If ye have heard of the dispensation of the grace of God, which is given me to you word. The term dispensation is the Greek word oikonomia. Oikos means house. Nomos means law. When we put it together, it means house law or house management. So the term dispensation in the Bible speaks of the rule of a household. Now every house, every home has rules. As children grow up, they know that there are rules for their home. Your rules might be different than my rules. Some of our rules might be the same. But it's important for our children to obey the rules of their own home. I've experienced this when our kids were younger and went to someone else's home to play with friends and They came back home and they said something like, at their house, they get to do this. 
Why don't we? Why can't we do that? And we as parents respond, that's their house. They have their own set of rules, but at our house, we do it this way. Within each of our homes, we have a certain set of rules that we expect our children to abide by. These are our house rules, the law of the household. And throughout history and within each dispensation of God, God dispensed a new set of house laws or rules that needed to be followed and was the responsibility of those who lived under them to carry out and to obey. If there were new instructions given that were different from the previous dispensation, people were responsible to carry out the instructions within their dispensation that they were living under. So many try to live under the instructions meant for another people in a previous dispensation, and thus they are not correctly applying God's word to their lives. You'll notice also in the English word dispensation that you see the word dispense in it. And that's what God has done, that at different stages in God's word and in history, God dispensed to mankind a new, distinct rule of life, dispensing different commands to different people at different times throughout history in Scripture, which became then their house rule or house law. And in our household, our current dispensation of the grace of God for today, God has given us a different and unique set of instruction and rules for us to live by that is different from other dispensations and households, if you will, before us. Notice how in verse 2 that we read that the dispensation of grace was given to the Apostle Paul directly. It doesn't say that it was given to Paul after it was given to the twelve apostles. To Paul first, to Paul alone, the dispensation of grace was given and revealed. So our house rules for grace are found in his epistles. In the revelation of the mystery that was revealed to him, we learn it was revealed to him by the arisen, exalted Lord Jesus Christ from heaven. Paul is our apostle for today, and it is in his writings that we find the direct instruction for this present dispensation of grace. We are under grace, and we are the church, the body of Christ, and we live within the dispensation of the grace of God, and we get our instruction for this dispensation from our apostle, the apostle Paul, in his letters, Romans through Philemon. This is not making too much of Paul. This is following Christ according to his will for his church in this current dispensation. Paul's writings are instruction from the Lord Jesus Christ himself who revealed it to Paul, and they are the commandments of the Lord for us today. To Paul, Christ revealed a dispensation whose house rule, whose rule of life is based upon and which functions according to grace, where we're saved by grace, where we're blessed richly by God, by grace, and we live by grace. It is true that God absolutely never changes. He is immutable. Malachi 3.6 says, For I am the Lord, I change not. God and His nature and attributes absolutely never changes. But at different times and stages in history, His methods of dealings with mankind most definitely have changed when God dispensed to mankind a new, different, and distinct rule of life. This is clearly seen in the progressive revelation of God's Word. And I'd like to demonstrate this in this message. There are varying opinions, but I believe the scriptures fall into eight dispensations, generally called first, innocence, and conscience, human government, promise, law, 
grace, kingdom, and fullness of times. The following is a chart which shows the order and how they were revealed in God's Word. And it also shows how the dispensations don't necessarily end when a new dispensation begins. And take conscience, for example. Conscience continues even to this time. Some people we know may have a hardened conscience, but it's still there in each of us, the inner sense of right and wrong, good and evil. Another example is that we still have human government to this day. When we say conscience began at the fall and goes until the flood, we don't mean that it ended at the flood, but that something new began at that point. Within each dispensation, there is similarity in the structure of them all. First, God makes known His will to man. Man has a responsibility to obey, and man fails, and God judges. At this time, we'll take the time to briefly explain each dispensation. After man was created, God dealt with man in his innocence. Man did not know good from evil. He knew only good. God dispensed to man that his responsibility was to care for the garden and to abstain from partaking of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. Man's failure came, of course, when Adam and Eve ate of the forbidden fruit, resulting in the entrance of sin and death into the world. The dispensation of conscience then entered. With the entrance of sin, when Adam and Eve ate of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, they became aware they had the knowledge of good and evil. And thus God dispensed conscience. Now conscience was to govern man, knowing right from wrong, having the sense of guilt that fell upon man when he did sin or contemplated doing wrong, that was to be a deterrent to keep mankind from sin. From this, God required man to do good and to refrain from all forms of evil. God also dispensed to mankind at this time the responsibility to bring a blood sacrifice to be accepted by him. Man's failure came when violence filled the earth because mankind refused to heed their conscience, which resulted in God's judgment of the worldwide flood. Next is the dispensation of human government. Because of the violence and bloodshed that had prevailed before the flood, God now dispensed human government. God dispensed that man was now to govern, to putting into the hands of mankind the responsibility to establish and enforce laws that are in accordance with the righteous standard of God. And man was given the right and the authority by God to make judgments and inflict punishment when those laws were not obeyed. Man's failure came when they became lifted up with pride and lifted up with their own importance and they united together, desired to make a name for themselves and built the Tower of Babel. God judged them by confusing their language and scattering them all over the world, which is why we have the nations that are all over the world now. Dispensation of Promise after God scattered the people as, and they became their own nations, he called out one people, one nation, from out of, out of all the other nations. God dispensed a promise to Abraham that he would make of him a great nation, and all families of the earth would be blessed through his seed. And God promised him a great land, all the land of Canaan, for an everlasting possession. This was the promised land. God dispensed that circumcision was mandatory as a seal of the covenant made with Abraham. 
Abraham's descendants were responsible to obey this and to trust God to fulfill the promise. Man's failure came when they continually failed to trust God. They forsook the land of promise and they moved to Egypt. And when given the opportunity to enter the promised land after their deliverance from Egypt, they did not trust God and they refused to enter. So God judged them by having them wander in the wilderness for 40 years. And those ages 20 and up were held accountable for Israel's unbelief and they died in the wilderness over that 40 year period. Next came the dispensation of law. After God delivered Israel from Egypt, he dispensed the law to Moses. God revealed that those who were placed under the law were responsible to keep all 613 commandments. The blessing of God was conditional and would only be realized if they obeyed and kept the law. Man's failure, of course, came from their continual breaking of the law and their worshiping of false gods. Under the law, they rejected God the Father through their idolatry. They rejected God the Son in His earthly ministry and had Him crucified. And they rejected the ministry of the Holy Spirit and stoned Stephen with their own hands. And this was three strikes and you're out. We'll be returning to the program in just a minute. But first, we'd like to take this time to thank you, our partners, for making these programs possible. If you would like to access our library of helpful Bible study tools, go to BereanBibleSociety.org. According to the Scriptures is a 16-page booklet written by Pastor Paul M. Sadler. This booklet of charts with narrative is a more detailed approach for those who have a knowledge of the Scriptures but fail to see Paul's apostleship and message. Since this tool will fit inside your Bible cover, you'll always be prepared to share the message of grace with those who are interested. To order your copy, contact the Berean Bible Society for pricing and availability at 262-255-4750 or visit our website at www.bereanbiblesociety.org. To receive our free full-color 32-page monthly magazine, the Berean Searchlight, call 262-255-4750 or subscribe online at www.bereanbiblesociety.org. Thank you again for your generous gifts. And now, back to the teaching with Pastor Kevin. Next on God's timetable, after that, those three strikes, according to prophecy, was Israel's tribulation period, the 70th week of Daniel followed by the Millennial Kingdom. A drug squad officer stopped at a farm in Indiana and talked with an old farmer. He told the farmer, I need to inspect your farm for illegally grown drugs. The farmer said, okay, don't go in that field over there, as he pointed out the location. The drug squad officer verbally exploded, saying, Mister, I have the authority of the government with me. Reaching into his rear trouser pocket, he removed his badge and proudly displayed it to the farmer. See this badge? This badge means I'm allowed to go wherever I wish on any land. No questions asked or answers given. Have I made myself clear? Do you understand? And the old farmer nodded politely, apologized, and went about his chores. short time later, the old farmer heard loud screams, looked up, saw the officer running for his life, being chased by the farmer's big, ferocious-looking bull. 
with every step the bull was gaining ground on the officer and it seemed likely that he'd sure enough get gored before he reached safety. The officer was clearly terrified. The old farmer threw down his tools, ran to the fence, shouted at the top of his lungs, your badge, show him your badge. That bull was a surprise and something he was not expecting. The dispensation of the grace of God was a complete surprise and something no one saw coming. It was a surprise of grace. The dispensation of grace was an absolute secret, hid in the mind of God since the world began. Following the stoning of Stephen, God temporarily set Israel aside. God then dispensed grace to the world. He raised up a new apostle, Paul, to whom he revealed this new dispensation which had been hid in the mind of God. Pastor J.C. O'Hare once said, There is a world of difference between grace in a dispensation and the dispensation of grace. Even though there was grace in every dispensation, there's only one specifically called the dispensation of the grace of God. And this is the dispensation that we currently live under. This is the house rule, the house law for today. Grace is the overriding principle that governs all of God's dealings with mankind today. Paul describes grace today even as reigning on a throne as a king. Romans 5, 20 and 21 says, But where sin abounded, grace did much more abound, that as sin has reigned unto death, even so might grace reign through righteousness unto eternal life by Jesus Christ our Lord. Grace reigns in God's dealings with mankind today. Paul doesn't even make it two sentences into his letters before he mentions it. Grace appears no later than the second sentence in every one of his epistles, where we learn that from God the Father and the Lord Jesus Christ, God is declaring grace and peace today. While the Gospels and the book of Acts take up twice as much space in our Bibles as the epistles of Paul, the word grace in the original appears only 27 times in the Gospels and Acts, but it is used over 100 times in Paul's epistles. The Hebrew equivalent of Paul's word for grace is found only 68 times in the whole Old Testament, which is 12 times the size of Paul's epistles. In Acts, the word grace is found in the original four, time, four times before Paul and 12 times after Paul. No other Bible writer, not even all of them put together, have so much to say about grace. In Paul's epistles, we find that this entire dispensation is marked by grace. In Acts 20, verse 24, Paul tells us that the gospel for today is called the gospel of the grace of God. And he says in that verse, And the ministry which I have received of the Lord Jesus to testify the gospel of the grace of God. Romans 3.24 says we are justified freely by His grace. Ephesians 2.5 says by grace ye are saved. Ephesians 1, 7 and 8 says, We have redemption through His blood, the forgiveness of sins, according to the riches of His grace. Romans 5, 2 says, By Christ we have a standing in grace. It says we have access by faith into this grace wherein we stand. Ephesians 2, 7 even says that in the ages to come He might show the exceeding riches of His grace and His kindness toward us, the body of Christ, through Christ Jesus. In life, grace teaches and trains us, the Apostle Paul tells us in his epistles, for the grace of God that bringeth salvation hath appeared to all men, teaching us that 
Denying ungodliness and worldly lusts, we should live soberly, righteously, and godly in this present world. Colossians 3.16 says we should be singing with grace in our hearts to the Lord. Colossians 4.6 says let your speech be always with grace. Today we are to live according to the grace instruction for this dispensation of grace found in the writings of Paul. God revealed to Paul that this dispensation will close with the rapture. It closes with grace, the catching away of the body of Christ to heaven before Israel's seven-year tribulation period. Man's failure has come from their rejection of the gospel of grace and the church's refusal to acknowledge Paul's distinct apostleship and the revelation of the mystery. Following the rapture, God will dispense wrath on this world in the seven-year tribulation period. The kingdoms of this world will be overthrown at this time and God will establish the kingdom of His dear Son at His second coming to Israel and will then dispense His kingdom of heaven on the earth. Christ will reign as King over all the earth in that day. Justice will fill the earth. Peace will prevail because the Prince of Peace will reign. Israel will be the light of the world and a kingdom of priests. They will have the responsibility as a kingdom of priests of leading the nations in worship of the true and the living God. The law will again be observed. Memorial sacrifices will be offered in the temple. Repentance and water baptism will be preached and required once again. Man's failure will come when at the close of the millennial kingdom, Satan will be loosed from the bottomless pit where he was kept during the thousand-year kingdom, and he will deceive the nations and raise up an army in number like the sand of the sea, it says in Revelation. And they will raise themselves up in rebellion against God at the battle of Gog and Magog. Following the battle of Gog and Magog, after God speaks from heaven and destroys this army and, and takes Satan and casts him into the lake of fire forever, God will dispense the eternal state or the dispensation of the fullness of times. Ephesians 1.10 says that in the dispensation of the fullness of times, he might gather together in one all things in Christ, both which are in heaven and which are on earth, even in him. You see there how the distinction remains in eternity between the two hopes of God, between those who will be ruling and reigning in heaven, which is the body of Christ, and those ruling and reigning on the new earth and the new Jerusalem, which is the nation Israel. At the end, in the fullness of time, at the ultimate consummation, all is summed up in Christ. Christ will be over all. Christ will be in all. All will be one in Him. All saints will live in harmony with one another. All will serve the Lord with gladness. Man will never fail God again. And there will be no more tears, no more death, neither sorrow nor crying. Neither shall there be any more pain, for the former things are passed away, Revelation 21.4 says. Man has been given so many opportunities. And every dispensation demonstrates man's failure and his deep need for God and forgiveness and life in Him. When mankind stands before Christ one day to be judged of Him, every single argument will be dismissed. If one at that day at the great white throne tries to say, If you would have created me innocent, I would have obeyed you. I would have not failed you. He will point to the testimony of Adam and Eve in the dispensation of innocence. 
if you would have, if, they, if they stand before him and say, if you would have given me an inner sense of right and wrong, I would have followed you. He will point to the dispensation of conscience and how man utterly failed to follow that inner sense of right and wrong. If mankind, if one tries to say in that day, if you would have given me your righteous standard for me to live by and guide me step by step by step, I would not have failed you. And Christ will point to the testimony of Scripture of mankind under the law and his absolute failure. If they try to say, if you would have just made it simple for me, if you would have just had me just trust you and have salvation as a free gift, I would not have failed you. And you will point to the dispensation of the grace of God and how mankind has rebelled and rejected and has failed. If you would have put me on the earth with you reigning as king over me in peace and justice, I would have believed and followed you. And you will point to the dispensation of the kingdom and show mankind's failure at that time too. So in the end, mankind will be left without excuse. Everyone is responsible to obey the known will of God under the particular dispensation they are living. We are living in the dispensation of grace, and we have a responsibility to respond to God's will and instruction under grace. We first need to respond to the truth that we are saved by God's grace alone. And after this, then we are to live by His grace instruction for us found in the epistles of Paul, that we might be the people of grace that glorify His grace in this dispensation of grace. And when we live by and in light of the message of grace committed to Paul, our lives will be transformed by grace. If you'd ever like to purchase a DVD copy of one of these programs, please call us at 262-255-4750 or visit our website at BereanBibleSociety.org. Also on the homepage of our website is a little link that says, Ask a Question. If you ever have a Bible question for us or a question about our ministry, please visit our website and click on Ask a Question. Type in your question, hit Submit, and we'll get back to you very soon. The Berean Bible Society was founded over 75 years ago for the sole purpose of helping believers understand and enjoy the Word of God. Our organization holds without apology to all the fundamentals of the Christian faith, and we believe that salvation is by grace through faith alone, based on the shed blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. We also emphasize the importance of rightly dividing the Word of Truth and understanding God's Word in light of the Pauline revelation for today. Paul is the Apostle of the Gentiles, and it is our firm conviction that in his epistles alone, we have the doctrine, position, walk, and destiny for the Church of the Body of Christ during the present dispensation of grace. BBS sends out short Bible studies called Two Minutes with the Bible as a daily email. These growing ministries are carried on by the contributions of believers who desire to see others reached with the truth that have brought so much light and blessing to their own lives. Please stop by for a visit or contact Berean Bible Society by mail at P.O. Box 756, Germantown, Wisconsin 53022 or call 262-255-4750 or visit us online at www.BereanBibleSociety.org
Thank you again for tuning in to Transformed by Grace. We appreciate your prayer support and the financial gifts. The purpose and mission of the Berean Bible Society is to help you understand the whole counsel of the Word of God. For more information, visit our website at www.bereanbiblesociety.org or give us a call at 262-255-4750. Or if you prefer, write us at the Berean Bible Society, P.O. Box 756, Germantown, Wisconsin, 53022. Now until next time, may you be transformed by God's grace.